0: You know, somewhere around 180, 190, somewhere in that area, there began to creep into the church, near regular teachings, things that were not taught by Jesus Christ and the apostles. And from that time on, from the first century on, there had been a great deal of, of mistruth that is being brought forth in the name of religion, so to speak. Do you know, you look on that line, you see that red line that goes across all the way through the dark ages and all the way into the days of when America was founded. You see a group of individuals who come out of the first church when persecution began to come upon them, they flourished. They spread. You know, today, we're here today because the truth never failed. And I thank God today for that wondrous knowledge that God has laid down a path and a pattern for His church. Those that are faithful to His Word because as Brother Jim told us this morning even again, His Word does not change, neither does He. I was told that a... In the, in the realm, of the sodomite, that they believed that the Bible was changed somewhere around the 1940s. And that's when all this stuff was put in. I, I, I just, sometimes I have to laugh. Sometimes I really have to just stop and just laugh at the, at the mistruths that are trying to be put forth today. God says, my word will never change. Not one jot, no one tittle of his word will ever change. This very book that we hold in our laps here today is a book as, as again as it has been taught in this congregation for for all this the congregation's life. His word will be there to judge in the end. I just pray that God will move upon this congregation this morning because I'm bringing a message that's not entirely what you may be used to on a Sunday morning, although the gospel is going to be there. I'm like that old preacher that uh, they got aggravated at all the time when he, the only thing he ever preached was the gospel. And the deacons got together and then, and and I'm I'm not good at jokes. You know that. I don't do jokes, but I just thought about that and you know the deacons got together and they said, "Preacher, you're going to have to you're going to have to you're going to have to preach on something else." He says, "I'll do that." So he came in the next Sunday and he opened up his Bible and he spoke about different things that he had taught down through the years. Talked about all the different things that uh, is brought forth from the Word of God. And he spoke to the fact that he was going to be preaching on pills today. Everybody got excited. They was wondering what kind of pill is he going to preach on? He said, I'm going to preach on the gospel. And mean, he never did stop. He just kept preaching the Word of God, kept preaching the Gospel. And uh, you know, that's, that's the way we are today. I mean, I have to get the Gospel in. God's Word has to come forth and the Gospel has to be brought forth because it is the power of God into salvation. I mean, without the Gospel, no one would ever be saved. And I'm thankful today that that Gospel message has never changed among God's true churches. So many in the world today have a gospel message that brings about works for salvation. It brings about uh, uh, proper living for salvation. It brings about praying through for salvation. None of those things will bring you salvation. Only God's Word will bring you salvation through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Buried and risen again. That, my friend, is the gospel. But today I want to bring a message I pray will be something that will be a blessing to those of us who are saved by His grace and in His church. If you would turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians for just a while today. 1 Corinthians in chapter 12. And while you're turning there, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. It's Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church in Old Town. That's just the side of Greenup County. Out of Carter County, you would get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We do have a sign on either end of Laurel Road, giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people, known as Emmanuel. And we're thankful also that you've taken time to tune in to WGOH, here, portion of God's Word. Today, we bring forth a very special message. You know, as, as Brother Jim was bringing that lesson this morning, my mind just continued to go back and back all the way as, as we look at the, at the trail of blood and we think about our forefathers of old. And we see the things that they have gone through that we may be here today. I stand amazed how God has protected His body. You know, the Bible tells us very plainly that the gates of hell or Hades, uh, in the place of the, the realm of the dead, in other words, death shall not ever overtake His church. There may be times in people's lives where they uh, are experiencing a low turnout of, and volume of individuals. There comes a time in people's lives, in churches' lives, where the doors are shut. Sad to see such a thing and sad to see such a sight, but it happens. But God's church itself will be here when He calls us home. The moment that He steps out on the clouds and He calls us home, the church as we know it, will never be no more. We'll be all in heaven around the throne of God. But as I, as I was thinking about this message throughout this week, and I, I would come in and I would, I would write down a, 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 an outline here and there, and, and I sat and I prayed about those outlines, and Lord laid something on my heart that I pray will be a blessing to you that are here today. It's a message that I have preached on several times before when we're doing our doctrinal teaching. It's a message I pray will also resonate in the mind of those that are unsaved in our sanctuary this day. The name of it is simply Members by Divine Order. I mean, I believe that God has a divine plan for our lives. And I believe you're in this house today because God, not just because you. I believe God has placed people where they can hear the glorious gospel, and I believe God places people where they can be a part of a body that is special to Him. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, beginning at verse 12 down through about verse 27, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, there is that there is that point of scriptural Baptist baptism coming into play. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink of that, into that one spirit. For the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not of the eye, I, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But now, now, now this is a very important verse of Scripture here, folks. This is, this is actually what our Scripture and our message is based upon today. Today. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. Now, you either believe this out of the Word of God or you don't. But it is God's Word. I believe that God's people are placed in a certain area, in a certain church in a certain time, for a certain reason, that is because God has divinely ordained it to be so. Now, you either believe the Bible or you don't. But that is God's Word. God has ordained, in other words, He has set the membership in such a way that it would bring glory to His name and it would be honoring unto Him and that it would please Him. The Bible goes on to say in verse 19 here, And if they were all one member, where were the body? But now are they many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again, The head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together. Now again, this is one thing that you need to really get a hold of. If you're a member of this church and you're a part of this body, you know this, that God has tempered us together. In other words, He has worked us together for the selfsame purpose of bringing glory to His name. He goes on to say, again, I want to, I want to go over that again. I want you to listen to this. The Bible says here, in verse 24, For our comely parts have no need, but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. That there should be no schism in the body. There's no need for schism when you all believe in unity, the same th- truth. That there be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one of another. And again, we're not talking about a conglomeration of all the saved. That's not what the Bible terms as the church. When the Bible's speaking about the body of Christ, he's speaking about local individual churches that make up the kingdom of God. So as we're looking at the kingdom of God and the church, there are two different entities. One belongs to all the redeemed whether whether uh, it doesn't matter uh, uh, what uh, form or class of person you are where you're at in life where you are even now in the house of God or in the in a in a building where people are come together to worship if you're saved by the grace of God you're one of God's children and you're a part of the kingdom of God but now the bible when it speaks about the body you you go back into the Greek and you go, go, you begin to translate that and you begin to look into what the Greek word means. It means that local called out assembly called ecclesia. It is the body of Christ. And the Bible says God has tempered that body together. In other words, I, I, I know that uh, some of you have worked still and and have work to forge and what have you. And you know what it is to temper a piece of steel. Why are you doing that? Why are you tempering that piece of steel that is, that is glowing orange and, and orange hot? Why do you temper that? So that it becomes stronger. So that it becomes more true. Folks, that's how God works the church today. So that every part of us, you go into your, your molecules of, of steel and, and you go begin to break all that down and, and you know that what, that tempering together of that material makes that one piece stronger. It's just like where our hearts are knit together as a church family. When our hearts are knit together as a church family, we become stronger So here the Bible goes on to say this in verse 26, And whether one member suffer, all members suffer with it. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ. Amen? Now stop and consider that. That word N-O-W there means something. It means something has transpired before. Something has happened for God's Word to come to this conclusion now. Now you're something special. Think about it. The Bible says, Now are ye the body of Christ. After God's tempering. After God's placing, after divine the divine order of things has been come to pass, He says, Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular. Again, I want to bring a message tonight, or today, members by divine order. And I want you to just stop and consider, this. if you are not saved by the grace of God here today, I want you to listen to what I have to say. Maybe you're here today and something transpired after your baptism called salvation. You realize that your baptism is no good because you were actually baptized before salvation. You know that that is got it backwards. You see in the, in the church of Jesus Christ put forth and designed salvation was a prerequisite to the Lord's Supper and baptism. you got to be saved by the grace of God. So I want you to think about this today. Maybe you're here, you realize that when you were baptized, you weren't saved by the grace of God. Do you understand that in the eyes of God, you're not really part of the body? Because the Bible speaks about the fact that as, as, we, as we discovered here in our first portion of our reading that, that we've all been baptized into that one body. That's talking about that spiritual baptism, that water baptism. Where we've come together to make a group. And that's what I'm praying today. That God will reveal this to our minds and our eyes. That you may know for a fact not only that you're God's child, but you're where God wants you. Amen. You're where God wants you. God has divinely ordered it soul. And that's a reason why today I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in happenstance. I don't believe in, in, in what is called blind fate. I believe in the power of Almighty. Amen. I believe in God. So I pray today that His name will be lifted up. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in Your presence once again, we come thanking You for the day which You've given us. Lord, I pray in today that You will move upon this congregation. Namely, Lord, I pray that we that are born again and saved by Your grace and members of this body will rejoice in the fact that You have placed us here. And we're not here just by heritage. We're not here just because we think it's a good place to be. But we're here because you have divinely ordered it so. Lord, I pray that you will bless this service today. Move upon this entire congregation. There be those here that are lost, Lord. Let them understand. Father... They're not here just because. They're here that they may hear the glorious gospel and be saved by your grace. Lord, I pray that you will just move upon us. May our minds be content today to allow your Holy Spirit to arouse them. May our thoughts today be that of that which would bring forth glory to your name. We ask that you forgive us our sin, in Jesus Christ's name, and amen. Emmanuel, to our visiting friends in our radio audience, our message today has to deal with God's building of the body, the church. Our Heavenly Father understands and knows what is best for His body, and adds exactly what it needs to best benefit it, and to help it continue on representing Christ, the head of the church. But just how do we become members in particular as our text reading reads? The Bible says, but now, in verse 18, hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased Him. So first of all today as we're looking into this and discovering what preciousness it is to be a part of one of the Lord's true churches and what it means to be a member in particular. We ask that question, how does this come about to begin with? Well the very first thing and this is where I want you that are lost and maybe you that are unsaved even now to really focus upon because in order for you to be a part of the Lord's church, you, first of all, you've got to be saved by the grace of God. Amen? You've got to know the Lord as your Savior. You've got to be saved by God's amazing grace. It is the first prerequisite to scriptural membership into one of His flocks, His church. In Romans in chapter 12, if you'll go over there with me for just a little bit today, Romans in chapter 12, I want to look at these first three verses of Scripture here. Listen, you want to know what God's will is for your life. You want to know what you believe that God would have you to do. Number one, the Bible states it very plainly that Jesus Christ came forth preaching in the wilderness, saying, "Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." I believe one of the first things that God wants an individual to do is to trust Him as Savior, repent of His sins, and trust the Lord as his Savior. The Bible says in verse twelve or verse one of Romans twelve, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren." by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen, there comes a time in one's life where you've got to start thinking different. You've got to get these... uh, these thoughts of, I'm going to have my way. You're going to have to get that out of the way. You have, and that's what it means to, to renew your mind. That means to have a different way of thinking. You know what happens when one has changed their way of thinking? They begin to consider what God says. When God says, to repent you for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. They begin to think about the word repent. Listen, the Bible says we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now listen to verse 3. The Bible says, For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, listen to me, This is to all of us. I believe that's the way the Apostle Paul was bringing this out. And he was stopped and he said, Now wait a minute, I want everybody to understand. This is to all of us. He says here, Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think soberly. Amen. You see a lot of times we as individuals have this mindset that we know what's best for us. We know what, what we gotta do. Throw away the instruction pamphlet. I mean, is that not what most men are accused of doing? I mean I'd be putting something together and I come up with an extra part or two and my wife will say, Hey, did you read the instructions? <laughs> no. You mean you're supposed to do that? I didn't think men were supposed to read the instruction pamphlet. Listen, I want you to know something. God has given us instructions here. God has given us direction here, and He's talking to us that are here in this house today. And I believe God wants you to hear something, and I I believe God wants you to see something from His instruction manual. He says this. Now look at this. But we are to think soberly, according to God, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. You know, I believe here is a point. Here is a place where a lot of times people get uh, man's idea in their mind. They 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 overlook what God's word is actually saying. You go back to the Greek. You begin to break that word down. That measure of faith. That phrase and. And in this, the Bible says this, and, and He's talking to, if you go back up, you go back up, He's given to every man that measure of faith. He's, already, he's talking to the redeemed already. In chapter 12, and verse 1 and 2, He's talking to the redeemed. He's talking to the saved Christians that were at Rome. And he's, saying, and he's saying this, that God has given to every man, every one of you that are saved by the grace of God, He has given you that measure of faith. That measure of faith. That word is uh, it is Pistus. That's the way I'm going to pronounce it. And that word means that word means a, 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 an act of grace upon you. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything else but the faith that He has given us to trust Him as Savior. That's what that very word means there. That measure of faith, that word faith there is past and it means the saving faith. That's what God has given us. Now let me ask you this real quick. Are you saved by the grace of God? Think about it. Are you saved by the grace of God? If you are, then God's word says that that measure of faith God has given unto you. You go back to Ephesians 2 8 and 9, there's where you see it. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Stop for just a moment and think about that. God give you this. How does it come about? How does God give you that measure of faith? 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. There you are. So today, I want you to know that if you're not saved by the grace of God, maybe today you're in the place that God says I want you to be so you can understand and hear what I've got to say. To be a member in particular, you've got to be saved by the grace of God. You've got to have that change, that regeneration in your heart. You've got to become a new man. A spirit must reside in you. That spirit that's even now speaking and prodding. You know, this moral conviction that maybe you are having right now, this moral conviction about salvation. You're sitting there and you're wondering, Maybe you're wondering something about salvation. You know what that comes from? That don't come from your intellect. That comes from God's Spirit. God makes us aware of our need, amen? God makes us aware of our condition, and therefore God makes us aware of the, of the fact that Jesus Christ came and died on the cross of Calvary and shed His precious blood and was buried and rose again the third day that we might have life and have it more abundantly. John 10.10 10 says that we might have life abundantly. First Corinthians chapter 15, 1-4 speaks about what the gospel is. Nowhere in that four verses of Scripture do you see that man has to jump through any hoops to get her done. Man has not to do anything but to trust the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. Repent of sin and trust Him and you'll be saved. Romans 1.16, the Apostle Paul said he was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. where is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. Listen, if you're going to be a member in particular, you've got to be saved by the grace of God. Amen. You've got to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We sang that song this morning. That song that Calvary. Listen to Calvary's Mountain. One dreadful morn. Walk, Christ my Savior, weary and mourned. Dying for sinners was His job that day. Dying for you and dying for me that we may be saved. There's a new, new verse there. <laughs> I've never ever been able to do that, write a song. But I want you to know something. That's exactly what salvation is. That's what the gospel is Jesus Christ coming and dying for you and the cross In Psalm chapter 40, I'm going to go here for just a moment. I've got to move on. My time is really moving fast this morning, but I want you to listen to what it says in Psalm 40 and verse 9 down through verse 11. The Bible says, I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo! I have not refrained my lips. O oh Lord, thou knowest. I have not hid thy righteousness within my heart. I have declared thy faithfulness and thy salvation. I have not concealed thy loving kindness and thy truth from the great congregation. Withhold not thy tender mercies from me, O oh Lord. Let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. Folks, I want you to know something today. Men of God, all down through the dark ages, and ere before that in the first century when irrelevant and wrong preaching began to take place in the church, you see, that's where you began to have these splits appear. As a matter of fact, that's where you begin to have a, the Roman Catholic Church came out of. It. The Greek Orthodox began to split off of. And then from those splits become all the congregations of the world, all the all the denominations outside of the Lord Jesus Christ Church. You know, I was I was asked one time. When I went to the hospital, they asked me what Protestant church did I come from. I said I came from the, the Baptist Church. I remember when I, when this uh, this little this person came to me and they said, "Listen, we've got to you've got to have this on your credentials if you want to get into certain areas of the hospital." I said, "Well, then." Best put on their badge. That's what I'm. I didn't come out of the Reformation. I didn't come out of anything. I was born by the grace of God, the Baptist Church, reborn. And uh, that person looked at me with with astonishment. But you know what was on my back? The Baptist, the Protestant. Baptist. You know why? Because the faith of our fathers kept the Baptist faith going all the way through. Now folks, as as you look at this, this trail of blood and the split in it, you see from there on all the different denominations. Now, all the different denominations actually come out of the Roman Catholic and not the Greek. But I want you to think about this. There was one line Trustworthy men of God all the way through. Think about that. They taught the gospel. We're still teaching the gospel. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. In order to be a member in particular, number one, you've got to be saved by the grace of God. Number two, got to be divinely appointed into it. See, that makes you a special individual. Today, if you're here and you're saved by the grace of God you're a member of this body, the Bible says you have been divinely appointed unto it. Divinely appointed. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And here the Bible, now listen again. I'm telling you, you either believe the Bible or you don't. I mean you can't tear it out in the word of God. You know, I've had people to tell me that as Brother Jim spoke this morning about the about the people that uh, that say that, you know, well, you know, we gotta get with the times. Well, what are you gonna do with the Bible? You gonna just start ripping it to shreds because you don't believe what it says? God's word is true, amen. You believe that? You believe God's word is true? Amen. Amen, men. God's Word is true. God says here in verse 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, But now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body, as it pleased Him. Now, folks, you either believe it or you don't. But that is God's Word, amen? That is God's Word. So, how do we become members in particular? By divine appointment. In other words, again, I said this morning, when we began this sermon, listen, I believe you're here because God says this is the place I want you to be today. I believe God wants you in this, in this place. And I believe God has you in this place. Number one, if you're unsaved, you've already heard the gospel message. It's the power of God into the salvation for those that believe now, here is the divine the, the divine appointment that God has placed upon His church. Divine appointment. God places upon individuals a divine desire for the particular body that He wishes them to be a part of. I have first, first knowledge, first-hand knowledge of that. I told you when I came here, I would—I would—I uh, was coming from Salem. My wife and my family. We were coming from Salem Baptist Church. I'll never forget it. I, I kept on, you know. I was preaching here. I think it's either October or November, two thousand and two. And I remember as I was, as I was bringing forth the Word of God here. 2003, I think you remember that. 2003. And I would go back and I would tell Brother Wilder, I said, listen, our hearts are with that evil. When are they going to call? He would always say in God's name. And I was getting anxious. Every time that I came to preach over here, our love, Every time that we began to come to the house of God, we began to look forward to it. You know why? Because God was here. God divinely appointed this, this, this arrangement. God divinely appointed the, the members in particular. You're here by God's divine will.
1: God gave you that desire
0: to be here and nowhere else this morning. I just thought it'd be a good place to be. I just thought it would be good. You know, my, my family's there. I want to I want to know. God says, I want you here. It's divinely appointed. That's what makes church special. That's what makes membership special. Being divinely appointed into a place in a body that makes it special makes it special. God has caused you to love this place. And God has caused you to love this people. God is the one who causes us to look forward to the next service. Amen? I don't know about you, but I look forward to the next service. I look forward to Sunday night. I'm almost out of time on the radio. But I'm still looking forward to the evening service. Amen. Talking about that restored fellowship. I thank God for restored fellowship. I look back at that prodigal son and... The Bible says when he came back to him, his father didn't turn his back on him, did he? They restored that fellowship with open arms. I'm looking forward to preaching that tonight. But right now I'm enjoying my time here because God has divinely appointed. And I believe this with all of my and listen, folks, this is not something that I get off the internet. You know what I mean? This is not a this is not something I sit down to. I don't even have it, a computer in my a computer, a computer, I do not have a computer in my office. But I'm supposed to be a getting one, one of the old ones. I think it's going to be able to, where I can retrieve all the uh, emails. I'm looking, I, you know, I don't even, I don't, I, don't, uh, I don't get on the internet. You know what I have in my, I have a whole library in my study, a whole library after my dad. I've got books all, it surrounds my whole desk. The walls all the way around is surrounded by Books. But you know what I use? I use this old book right here. I use a Strong's Concordance in an American Dictionary. You know, I like to be careful with words. I like to use words. Right that's the reason I have a Strong's, so I can get into the Greek and the Hebrew. And That's what this Bible is. It's a Hebrew and Greek study Bible. That way, I know what the original text says. That way I can tell you exactly what... Listen, God's Word ain't changed. God says, I want you here for a reason. I want you in this place for a reason. That you may bring glory to my name here. That's the reason why I think membership is so special. That's the reason why I think being a part of God's church is so special. Listen. God has caused us to be in this place. I don't have time to read Ephesians chapter 1, but I want you to you take time to read Ephesians chapter 1, especially verses 11 down through verse 23. And there you see how God works in the church. In 1 Corinthians 12 and 11, the Bible says, But all these worketh that one and the self same spirit, Dividing to every man severally as he will. In verse 12, the Bible says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Christ is not divided. You can't divide your loyalty. Oh no, here we go on that again. Hey, I believe in being loyal to God's church. Amen. I believe in being faithful to the Lord's church. I believe in loyalty among God's people. Loyalty. Let me say this. You go join the you go join a club somewhere. See how long you stay apart of it, with disloyalty. See how long you stay a part of it with talking bad about it. <laughs> you ain't gonna last long, folks. You're not long for this world. But here, this is where God wants you. The Bible declares, God hath set those in the church that He may be pleased and glorified. In verse 18 again, the Bible says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, as in the body as it had pleased Him. You're not here again by sheer coincidence. You're not here by chance happening. God actually has you here for a reason. And it's by His choice. It's by His grace. It's by His decreed will that you're in this place this morning. Now, do you refuse God? Hmm. Do you refuse Him? As if you could. Now, lastly today, I've only got about three minutes left on my radio time, I believe, four. But I want you to think about this. How do we become members in particular? By scriptural baptism. It's essential to the true church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27, listen, it speaks about that one body, that one group of people. There could be no church without scriptural baptism. Scriptural baptism comes from the properly authorized church. It's found where you go back to Matthew 28 and, and verse 18 through 20 where, where the members of that body were, were organized to go out and preach the gospel, teach and see people saved by the grace of God, baptizing them and then teaching them the all things of the Word of God. It's always been as it is even in this day today. But you know it's not always been the way it is now. It's not always been hundreds of denominations. It began right back here. Mark chapter 3. Verse 16 through 18, where Jesus Christ organized the first church. But you know, in the beginning of the first century, or toward the end of the first century, Paul was beginning to have problems in the church of some folks going irregular, doing things. He warned him don't go back into them old rudiments those old traditions. You're saved by the grace of God now. You need to act like it. He said, listen, you teach the right things. This all took place around the first and second centuries when it all began to really explode. Explode. This is when fractions came about, mistruths being placed as doctrinal truths. Works for salvation began somewhere around the the end of the 1st century into the 2nd century with with force and vigor. The true churches came to be known as Montanists. Later, true churches were noted by the names of Novatians. Donalists, Paulicians and Abigensis and then the Waldenses. You know, I go back. It's been several hundred years and an old preacher, an old German preacher by the name of Balser Lybrook came out of Germany and he was part of the Waldenses. The Waldenzi group brought them the gospel message and, and the true churches continued on. About nine generations ago, Balzer Lybrook, Began to preach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ out of a Baptist church. Those people traveled from Ireland to Scotland to Germany. And then they traveled to America. Most of my ancestors settled in Virginia. A place called Pembroke. But Manuel knows it well down in that area. I went down there. When I was at Talcott, West Virginia, and I found the old Lybrook Cemetery. Most of those people were, they were of the South. But I had a, a fifth great grandfather back, Henry Lybrook, the eldest son of John C. Lybrook of, of Virginia. Left and went to Cass County, Michigan. Then ended up down here on Schultz Creek. And here I am today. Preaching the gospel that was once delivered to the saints of old. That it puts, it puts a chill on me. To think about all those in the dark ages that died because of one thing in particular. Re-baptism. Because they would not accept the baptism of infants. You see along about the third century the, the Anabaptists came into play. After the Anabaptists come the Baptists. The Anabaptists were named that because they were re- rebaptizers, Because these true churches of our Lord by practice indeed were churches who refused to recognize the baptism administered by churches which drifted away from sound doctrine and practice in the first century. Today we're here because men still stand for the truth. Today we're here because there's still no compromise. Folks, I want you to know something. The true church means something. And I believe you're here today for a specific reason. I believe God placed you here. If you're born again part of this church as a member of this body, listen to understand how important your membership is. It ought to mean something to you. I see people all the time commit spiritual adultery. You say, what's that? Well, that's where your loyalty is divided among other churches. I believe your loyalty ought to be with the church that God's placed you. Amen. I believe it ought to be that. Amen? Because God has set you here. God has placed you here by reason. He placed you here on purpose. That makes you a special person. That makes this place special. makes you a member in particular. Now remember, if you're here and you're unsaved, I want you to know something. Jesus Christ came and died to pay your sin debt. And if you would come unto Him, He says He'll not refuse you. You see what I said there, so many people are waiting for some big flash, some big bang maybe. Know this that God says to you right now, Come unto me, I'll give you rest. You won't rest from your labors, the mind that is continually stirring, your heart's broke. He says, Come to me, and I'll give you rest. Maybe you're here and you realize that you were not saved when you were first baptized. Your baptism is no good. You see, I know that's where people say, well, you bab- you rebaptize, or you're just, you just ready, you ready to rebaptize anybody and everybody. If you've not been saved by the grace of God before your baptism, your baptism is no good because you got to be saved first to be baptized into the church. You see, baptism is the proper mode and the only way into the church. So if you've not been scripturally baptized because you were saved after your baptism, you need to be baptized. You need to come. Try, you need to come knowing that you was you was wrong then, but you're right now. Has the Lord placed you? Has the Lord placed your heart here, church family? I, I, I dare say that you that are here, listen. God's placed your heart in this place. That's the reason why that you have joy in coming to the house of God. I pray that you do. But has God placed your heart here? Has God given you that desire? You see, that's how He puts the members in order in the body. He does so by divine appointment. May God help us to see that.